Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. It's so good to see you today. We're so excited that you're here. And today is, uh, man, I just can't wait to just dive right in because today we're talking about the Lord's Prayer again. And we're doing this series called Prayer First. And hopefully you still have your armbands that, uh, that you got last week. And if you didn't, hopefully you got up one today uh, that will remind you. We're asking you to wear there for the next couple weeks in order to remind us to pray first. And so <clears throat> today if you go ahead and, and take out your program, if you haven't already, we'll get started. And so the first thing I like to do is I like for us to to uh, say the Lord's Prayer together since we're, this series is all about the Lord's Prayer. So would you stand with me now as we get ready to say the Lord's Prayer? All right, it's coming on the screen behind me. You ready? Let's say it together. Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now give yourself a hand. You did really good. Very good. You may be seated. The Lord's Prayer, the reason that I'm doing this series is because how many of you, again, I asked this question last week, I'm going to ask it one more time. How many of you want to pray a prayer that God always hears? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's the Lord's Prayer. I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. It is a model that I pray, and I have been doing so for some time. That's why I want to teach you. So every phrase has meaning, okay? So when we talked about last week. It's on your outline. We talked about when we say, Our Father, what does that mean? Okay, you got it. Come on, say it again. When we say, Our Father, what does that mean? God is for me. That's right. God is for me. So when you pray, our Father, you to remember that, that God is for me. So today we want to talk about hallowed be thy name. We'll, we'll get to that just in a second. But I want you to know that names are important. <clears throat> when I say names of people, then I think that you, and, and when you say names of people, it matters. Like when I say, you know, Abraham Lincoln, when I say Martin Luther King Jr., when I say Mother Teresa, all of those names have significant meaning in our lives and uh, and the name of god is has a special name matter of fact god's name is to be holy and reverent and so that takes me to the uh to the point i want to make to you is that this is hallowed be thy name actually means this and when you say say hallowed be thy name i want you to think of this ready and it means this giving respect to god can we just uh say that whole phrase together hallowed be thy name giving respect to god ready here we go Hallowed be thy name, giving respect to God. 
So that's what that means. So when you say, our Father, God is for me, and then you say, hallowed be thy name, automatically you think, okay, wow, I'm going to give uh, honor to God, respect to God. His name is holy. Hallowed be his name. So much so that in Jesus' day, when uh, Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, everyone understood how his name was so important. Matter of fact, as I shared with you last week, people were afraid to say the name of God. It was so hallowed. And even when the, when the people of Jesus' day was rewriting, when they were making copies of the Scripture, whenever it would come to God's name, they would write along, and whenever they were going to copy God's name, they would actually get a brand new pencil or pen that whatever they were writing with, and they would write the name of God, and then they would break the pen and they, so it could never be used again. It was so reverenced and so held in such high standard. And so when Jesus said, hallowed be thy name, they understood it meant giving respect to God. And that's what I want you to remember today. So I want to give you three ways today as to how to respect the name of God. Okay? So remember, hallowed be thy name means what? Let's try it one more time. Hallowed be thy name means what? Giving respect to God. Remember that. Just like our Father means God is for me, hallowed be thy name, giving respect to God. So now the Lord's Prayer is beginning to take different meaning now, right? It's shaping up in your heart and your mind. So the first thing, if you want to give respect to God's name, is this, is that you have to believe that God exists. Would you write that down? That is the very first step. You cannot give honor. You will, uh, no one will be hallowed if you don't believe they exist. <clears throat> Now, I have read that this book, this is the Bible, I have read the Bible through countless times, countless times. What I can tell you that I discovered is never one time in reading the scripture have I found, have I found that the Bible tries to prove the existence of God. It never tries to prove that God exists. And here's the reason why. Because God's making an assumption that when you walk outside that you will know there has to be a God. Picture with me just a moment. You know, let's say that, uh, that uh, there's a person that's walking down a dusty road. And all of a sudden they're kicking sand around, you know, just walking and just, just kicking around. And all of a sudden they kick something in the sand. And when they kick something in the sand, they lean down to pick it up. And what they discover is that once they pick it up, it's something that looks like this. A watch. But that person has never seen a watch before. They, they, they have no idea what it is. And they look at this watch. And here it is. Their, their watch is all dusty. And they're watching the hands move around. And they're watching everything so succinctly. And they pull the back off the watch. And they notice that all the little wheels are turning. All the little springs are in place. And they notice that. And all of a sudden, they come to this conclusion, a person who's never saw a watch before comes to this conclusion that there must be a watchmaker. In order for this to have such working order, someone, there had to be a designer that created this design. That's the conclusion of that. Now, let me just say this to you. God assumes that you, when you walk outside and you look out at all the vast beauty. Matter of fact, when you look up in the sky and you see that sweet ball of fire in the sky, it's sweet now, isn't it? And we haven't seen it in a while, so uh, we see that sun shining. And you know that scientists tell us that that sun is 91 million miles away from planet Earth. 
And then we, we, at night, we look up in the sky and we see the moon. And they tell us that the moon is uh, 238,900 miles away from the earth. And then also, we see uh, that how this earth, they tell us, is uh, rotating at 1,000 miles an hour. And they say to us that, that, that if the earth slows down, that we will float away. And that if the earth speeds up, we will be crushed uh, because gravity will pull us to the inside. If we drift closer to the sun, we will burn up. If we drift further away from the sun, we will, uh, we will freeze to death. And, that, and if the moon, if it were to shift away from the moon, the tides would be all messed up. And see, not only that, they tell us that the earth is tilted at 23 degrees. And because of that tilt, that the, the way the sun is coming on the earth, it gives us our four seasons. It gives us winter, spring, summer, and fall. And so when you look at that, and scientists tell us that when you look at that, this earth that you and I are on is standing out in the middle of nothing. And it's on this 23.5 degree axis, spinning a thousand miles an hour, just the right distance from the sun and the moon that is just hanging there in perfection. And has stayed there for thousands of years, rotating at this same space in the middle of nothing. There's nothing holding it there. It's just sitting out in the middle of nothing, rotating, has never stopped, has never slowed down. I would tell you, my friend, when you look at all of that, I would say to you, when you look at this world, you would have to say, there is a world maker. Amen? And his name is God. See, Genesis 1 and 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I know that some of you, it's hard for you to believe, but I want to tell you something. Many of you, some of you have more faith than I have. Because some of you believe that, uh, you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nothing, this little amoeba fell into a little frog pond. And this little amoeba began to swim around. And as it swam around, it, it grew a tail. And as it, as it swam around more, it began to work its way up on land. And then it grew some legs. And then the next thing we know that this little amoeba that grew legs is, is now climbing trees and swinging on vines and likes bananas. And then the next thing we know is this little amoeba that, that was, grew a tail and, and grew legs and likes tree, is climbing trees and, and likes bananas is now driving a Ford down the freeway. <laughs> you have more faith than I do. I just, they're just, my faith is not that strong. I'll just be honest with you. I have to believe that there's a God. And there's a, wherever you have a design, there is a designer. We believe in almighty God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when we say, hallowed be thy name, we believe that he exists. The Bible says it this way. It's our memory verse, Hebrews 11 and 6. And without faith it is impossible to please who? God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he what? He exists, and that he what? He rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's why we pray, is that when you pray, God rewards. Because you will not, If listen, if you don't believe, you won't pray. But pray, non-believers do not pray. He rewards those who diligently seek him. And so that's why today, I would, before I go any further, 
today I would like to encourage you to become a believer if you're not. Those of you that are watching online, I would like to encourage you to do that. And one of the prayers that we have here that help you is, is just the prayers inside of your program. It simply says this. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you said that today and you meant it in your heart, today can begin a brand new journey. And all I ask you to do is, is check it on the back of your connection card if that's you sometime in this service so that we can pray for you. And if you're listening online or watching online, I encourage you just to email me so that I can send you some information as well. That takes us to number two. But before we go there, remember what we said about hallowed be thy name. You ready? Come on, let's say it together. This is a statement. Hallowed be thy name. You ready? Giving God respect. Giving respect to God. Hallowed be thy name. Giving respect to God. And so every time that you hear that, I want you to remember that hallowed be thy name means giving respect to God. So the second thing that happens in order to give God respect, we must believe that he exists. And number two is we must remember his name represents his power. His name represents his power. As God is giving us the Ten Commandments, he doesn't get into them but about to the second or third commandment. And then he says this about his name. He says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. And the reason I say that to you in the beginning is because, see, if you disrespect God, that's what misusing is, it's disrespecting God's name. When you, re when you misuse his name, you disrespect him and you demoralize him. And when you, when you take God and you begin to uh, say that his name has no power, no influence, and we breed a society on that that says God's name is not important. And matter of fact, God's last, God doesn't have a last name, and if he did, it certainly wouldn't be damned. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen? That's right. No, 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 no. It's not his last name. Here's what I'm telling you. The reason that's so important is because when we're always taking God, the value of God's name down, then guess what? God is the system that we have moral values. The reason that we do what we do as believers is because God says so. And then anyone that's not a believer that's doing things outside of what God says has no authority. You hear that? They have no authority to do what they do. Matter of fact, when someone says they think something's right outside of the Bible, you ask them, well, who says so? Well, um, I say so. Well, who are you? And so when you, raise a, when you raise a culture that says what I say so is equal to what God says so, then you begin to have a society to where people will take a gun and walk into schools and begin to shoot people for no reason. When you have no values of God and no morals of God, then you have child molestation on a rise like never before. Then you have rapists, and you have moms and dads who lose hope and will go in and kill their own family, drown their children, shoot them, do whatever, take their life. Why? Because they think that they are God. So God's name is important 
in our culture. Why? We reverence his name because it's his values and his morals that have built our nation into being what it is. And now, the decline that we're, we're struggling with now, everybody's saying, you know, we need more laws about this. We need... No, 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 no. We don't need more laws. We just need to recognize who really is in charge and honor him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's just give God a hand for that. Sometimes we have to speak up. Now, it reminds me of a, uh, a story I heard this week of a guy who, you know, was living, uh, he, he come up and had the American dream. I mean, he was raised really poor, and his mom, you know, sacrificed a lot, and she taught him the values of God and the morals of God, and those morals helped him be the, have his foundation to grow off of and, and begin to do well for himself, and he, he made a lot of money, and he was successful. And so he was on one of these uh, business trips way off on, on some island somewhere, and he noticed these real exotic birds. These birds could sing, they could dance, they could talk. I mean, it was amazing what these birds could do. He was, he was very excited about these birds. He said, you know what? My mom would love these birds. So they were $5,000 apiece. He bought two birds, had them caged up and shipped to his mom. And he shipped them to his mom, and uh, he never heard from his mom. So finally he called his mom and said, Mom! Did you receive those birds? Did you like those birds? She said, yes, they were good. He said, Mom, you didn't eat those birds, did you? She said, yes, they were good. Thank you. He said, Mom, no, no, no. Those birds were expensive. Those birds could sing. Those birds could dance. And those birds could talk. His mom said, well, they should have said something. Sometimes we have to speak up, right? And as followers of Jesus Christ, if we don't speak up, we're going to be eaten up by the world. Hello? They're going to eat us up. So it's time for, I don't know about you, but God says I'm calling my people to get fed up and have enough and stand up and speak up and say, God is God. We will serve him. You can shoot us dead, but you can't kill us. <laughs> Every time the church is persecuted, it rises up again. Amen. Oh, boy, I'm about to get fired up. This little bald-headed man's going to be on it. The Bible talks about his name again in Exodus. We see the story of how that God is about to send this guy, Moses, who has a stuttering problem, who has murdered a man. He's about to send him into Egypt because Egypt has all the Jewish people captive. And God says, I'm going to send you in there, and I want you to go in, and I want you to get my people free First of all, Moses said, well, God, when I left your people, they were mad at me. And so he says, who am I supposed to tell them sending me? And this is what God says. Look what it says. In Exodus 3 and 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That's what you are to say to the Israelites. Would you read what's underlined with me? You ready? Come on, one more time. I am has sent me to you. Now, why did God tell those people that his name was I am? Here's one of the reasons I think it is. is because when God was going to lead them out, when Moses walked in there, that, that, that Egyptian king was not going to let them go because Mar Moses didn't come with an army. 
And so Moses went in and said, okay, I want you to let God's people go. And, and they said, why? Why would you? You have no army. Why would I let them go? And Moses said, because I am sent me. Well, what does I am mean? I am means God saying, I am your deliverer. And it was God that caused the king's heart to change and let the people go. When he let them go, they went down to, they were trying to get away as fast as they could, and there was a big ocean in front of them they couldn't cross. And all of a sudden, they got that ocean and said, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? We're going to die out here. And God said, no, you're not, because I am the way maker. And he parted the Red Sea, and they walked across the Red Sea. Then they got out into a desert, and they said, what are we going to do? It's dry out here. Oh, I need some water. And they, they said, what are we going to do? And God said, don't worry about it, because I am the rainmaker. I am the water giver. I am the life provider. And God provided water. Then they got out there and said, oh, we have no food out here. What are we going to do? We're going to starve to death out here. And God said, don't worry about it because I am the bread of life. And God provided me a bread to come from heaven. You see, God wanted them to know that whenever they just said his name, that all power was available to them. And whatever they needed, that God was the answer. He wasn't the last person to go to. He was to be the first person because he was, I am. He made a way. And then we move into the New Testament. In uh, Mark 16, Jesus is on the scene here now. Remember when, when people were a little weird about saying God's name because they were afraid if they said it wrong, God might strike them dead. So Jesus has come on the scene now. And, and remember, we talked about it last week. Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's interceding for us. And so Jesus says, when you come to God now, you're not going to have to worry about being scared of saying God's name. You're just going to say my name because I'm going to represent you before the Father. See that? So we say, that's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus told us to. Now watch the power in Jesus' name. Here we go. In Matthew uh, or Mark 16, it says this. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Now, would you read these next three words out loud? Shout them out. You ready? In my name. Come on, one more time. In, in my name. name. In my name. Notice that. In the name of Jesus. So, we don't say, in the name of Jehovah. We don't say, you know, in the name of God. We say, in the name of Jesus invokes spiritual power that you can't see. Now, look what he says. He said, in my name, they will drive out demons in my name, they will speak with new tongues. I want, let me just stop right here a second. In the name of Jesus, there's power to help you quit cussing. Don't look to the right or left now, all right? Don't look at anybody. Let me tell you something. The biggest problem I had, one of the biggest problems, one of the problems I had was that I had a foul mouth and I can become a believer. And when God saves you, he wants to touch your tongue because if you say you're a believer and you tell people that, you let people know that, and you make that decision, it should not only change your heart, it should change your mouth. You see, the Bible says, how can blessings and cursing come out of the same mouth? And I know, you know, listen, you get mad at something, and every once in a while it slips out. It's a difference between one slipping out every once in a while and that become your vocabulary. Because here's the reason. When you keep cussing just like everybody else, you lose all of your spiritual influence. And the people around you, God has placed you there to be an influence. And listen, if God had no use for you, he'd get rid of you. But he has use for your life, and he wants you to be a witness to the world about him. And so we have to pray, God, clean my mouth up. Help me. And if you pray that enough, you will stop cussing. And so I want to challenge you to do that, that you can be an effective witness for Christ, all right? So it's in, how can you stop cussing in the name of Jesus? 
Amen? So you say, God, in the name of Jesus, I want to quit cussing. You just keep praying that prayer, and before long, you'll quit cussing. Why? Because every time you call on the name of Jesus, it reminds you of how you should talk. And by the way, if you don't like your kids cussing, don't cuss in front of them. I heard a man the other day say, oh, he's got all over his kids for saying some foul words. And that's all he says all the time. What do you think? They repeat what they hear. Just a thought, okay? That's a little heavy. Just a thought. Let's move on. All right, here we go. All right. It goes on to say this, and they will pick up snakes with their hand. Now, let me stop right here, okay? Clear this up. I do believe that Jesus was thinking about Moses, how that when Moses went before the Pharaoh, he had a staff, and God said, throw the staff down, and the staff become a snake. And also, to show his power, Moses reached down, he told Moses to reach down and take the snake by the tail and pick it up, and then when he did, the snake turned into a staff again, okay? I believe for that, that dramatic power that God can give you that power when you need it. But some people have made a religion out of saying, okay, we're going to see how much uh, faith we can have by bringing out rattlesnakes. I just want to tell you, anybody brings out a snake, I'm out of here. Okay. I want you to know, in my family, there's only two kinds of snakes. There's one that's alive and one that's dead. In the I know, oh, I know I'm hurting some of you people's feelings, but I just want to tell you, in the beginning, the Bible says that God put enmity, put anger between man and the serpent. I want you to know I still have it in me, and so, listen, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is, and so that joker comes around me, I don't know if he's poison or he's not poison, he's just live or dead, and preferably dead. <clears throat> I'm sorry for all you people like that, but anyways. So he wasn't talking about trying your faith, testing God. But here's the next part of this. Look what it says. It says, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm. That means that when someone tries to hurt you and God is going to be there with you, don't be afraid of people is what he was trying to say. I'll go, I'll do anything to protect you. And then he goes on, in the name of Jesus, look what he says. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. They will get well. Do you know that right now that God has the power to do what medicine cannot do? And that's why if you're sick in your body or you know someone that's struggling with cancer and they wrote them off, and listen, you should pray for those people and ask God to heal them in the name of Jesus. Now, I know we got a lot of skeptics here, so let me talk to you. And those of you that are watching online, this week, Tuesday, we had the Woodland High School Chorus concert here. And when we had that concert, there was a man by the name of Samuel Miller. You see the picture behind me. Watch this. They're going to leave that picture up. When I, uh, one, year, one year ago, this coming Tuesday, would mark the anniversary that this man, who you see is in tip-top shape, had a massive heart attack. He's in his early 30s, had a massive heart attack. They life-flighted him down to Emory Midtown, and there while he was there, in that hospital ICU room, three doctors come out and told his wife, they pronounced his heart dead and said he will never live. Now, the story is this. Is this week you can see he's living. We'll get to that just in a second. He told me that he went back to the hospital. His wife took him back to the hospital this, uh, about a month ago. And they went around and, and visited every room that he was in. He went into the, he went, when he went into the hospital, the first thing, they took him into the ICU unit. And she said, you was in this room for so many days. 
And when he was looking, one of the doctors run out, a little guy about this tall, run out, and, uh, and he said, Sir, he looked at him, he said, he just stopped and looked at him up and down, checked him out, said, just had to touch him, and said, the doctor said, Sir, I told your wife I did not believe in God. And when I told her that you were dead and you were not going to make it, she said she believed in God. I told her that was fine for her, but I'm letting her know you're dead. And she said, but now you're standing in front of me. And now I look at you. You should not be walking. You should not be talking. You should have a mechanical heart in you. Sir, I want you to know the God that you serve is a great God. That's all I can say. He is a great God. Here's why. Here's why. When the doctors had done all they could do, and this young man, heart was dead. They said, it's dead. Three doctors come out and said, it's dead. She said, Samuel, I want you to know while you were laying back there, your mother was in this room, which is the waiting room, but over here is a chapel. And she said, I was on my knees day and night. I was begging God in the name of Jesus, save my husband, God. Don't let my son's daddy die. God, in the name of Jesus, you can raise the dead. You can give life to the lifeless. You can do it, oh God. And I want you to know, she said, after a few days of that, the doctors come back out. It was like a miracle. They said, his heart come alive. It's alive. It's beating again. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, there is power. Amen. That should excite you because I don't know what you're going through today. Maybe your marriage is on, on the last leg. Maybe your kids are driving you crazy. You don't even know how to pray. I'll tell you how to pray. You say, God, in the name of Jesus, save my marriage. God, in the name of Jesus, touch my body. God, in the name of Jesus, deliver my children. In the name of Jesus. I'm preaching better than you're amen. I can tell you that. Man. He said, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, holy, you're, you're almighty power. And our Father, you care for me. Hallowed be thy name. You have all power. I know who I'm talking to. Oh, number three, let's go. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. You see, I, many of you have been taught that you can't talk to God until you confess all your sins, right? That's why you don't want to talk to him because you don't want to have to admit that you've done all these things wrong. But here's what he says. Notice he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So Jesus said you recognize that God's for you and then you recognize the power of his name before you ever say, God, forgive me. We'll get to that part later. It's in later in the prayer. Here's why. God wants you to praise his name so that you can remember how good he is before you tell him how bad you've been. Did you hear that? Amen. God wants you to remember how good he is before you tell him how bad you've been. You see, his praise thing is, is amazing. I'm going to tell you a story just in a second. We're going to look right into it. A guy by the name of Joshua. Joshua was the leader after Moses. And, and Joshua's job was to lead the children of Israel into the land God had promised them. And here's the deal. There was a city called Jericho that was standing in the way. And these walls were high. It were they were fortified. They were thick. And there was no way to penetrate that wall. But God said this. He said, I tell you what, Joshua. I want you to know that I'm going I'm to send you in there. 
And when I, I want you to know that, Joshua, I've already, I've already answered your prayer. We're going to defeat the city. Look what it says. Here we go. In Joshua 6 and 1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out. No one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho. Where? Into your hands. Now, they're, they're still, Joshua's just praying. He hadn't went on the battlefield yet. God says, it's already happened. You haven't got there yet, but the prayer has already been answered. He said, I've delivered into your hands, along with the kings and his fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear the sound, a long blast on the trumpet, have the whole army give a loud what? Give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city what? Will what? They will collapse. And the army will go up, everyone straight in. Here's what I want you to know. Sometimes it's time to stop praying and start praising. Here's, what, here's why. God has already answered the prayer. He told Joshua, he said, now you haven't took one step around it. You haven't even crossed the Jordan River. It's way over there. It's a few miles away, Jericho is. But I want you to know I've already answered the prayer. Here's what I want you to know. God, many of you are praying a prayer, the same prayer over and over, and God says, I've already answered the prayer. You see, I didn't understand this until I started watching football. You get spiritual lessons in football. Amen. That's why I tell Rhonda, I've got to watch this game now. God's got to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Try that one. Have you ever noticed uh, the quarterback, how that when he gets ready to throw a bomb, how that he goes back like he gets the ball and he goes way back. And the guy just takes off running. And then the quarterback throws the ball in the air. Does the guy stop then? No, he keeps running, right? He keeps running. And it's a timing thing. From the time that ball, the quarterback drops back, the man's running already, and he throws the ball. And while the ball's in the air, the man's still running. And then guess what? He looks up and he catches a pass. You see, the pass was thrown several seconds before it got there, right? Your prayers... Your prayers have been answered. It's just that you haven't got to the right timing yet. You hear what I'm saying? God's already, he's already answered your prayer. You just hadn't caught it yet. You're still running. You're still going. So what a believer does is this. See, sometimes when we pray, we get more depressed about it, don't we? Because it reminds me what I don't have. When I say, oh, God, you know what? Lord, I'm broke. Oh, God, I'm broke. I'm broke. Oh, God. It just reminds me how broke I am. And I walk out the door like this. I'm broke. But sometimes when you know that you prayed, and you know that God's got it, and he's going to answer the prayer. You walk out, you say, God, I just want to thank you today, Lord. You provided for me. And God, I don't know where it's coming, but I'm looking today that your miracle is going to come my way. God, I know you've already answered this prayer. So I just praise you that you're the God of heaven. All power is yours. All glory is yours. You're the Lord of all. I know you've got this, God. So today, I'm going to walk out of here confident, expecting you to show up. When you do that, you know what happens? When you praise God, it secures your faith and gives you hope. Did you hear that? And so no matter all the world can be falling apart around you and you can go through difficult times, but I'm telling you, it just assures you that you're just on the trajectory. It's just a matter of time before God drops that prayer into your arms and your lap. You see, praise still brings the walls down. It brings the walls down of discouragement. 
It brings the walls down of disappointment, and praise brings the walls down of depression. Lift him up. Why? Because when we lift him up, we get lifted up. You praise God. Stop praying so much about how bad it is and start praising God for what it, how good it's going to be. Amen? God, I, the marriage that God, my marriage, Lord, I know, Lord, just in a, in a little while, you're going to heal this. God, I just, I know that, Lord, my children are going to come in, and Lord, you're going to take care of them. Instead of me worrying to death, I thank you, God. It's just a matter of time that they're going to get it, oh God. It's just a matter of time. I just thank you, I thank you, I thank you, and I believe you, oh God. And when you do that, you walk around on a different plane. Your attitude's a little bit higher. Your spirit's a little higher. And people say, man, what's wrong with you? Are you jacked up? Yes, I'm high because I know who the one, the creator of heaven and earth, has got my back. Oh, I got to shut up. Do me a favor. On your connection card, there's a space right there for you to write. Write a praise report. Has God done anything at all for you this year? Anything at all? Anything good? If he has, I want you to write it down just to remind you that he's, already, that he's God. Would you just write that down on your card? And then I want you to get that thing in mind that's just aggravating you to death right now, that you've been praying over and hasn't been answered. I want you to get that in mind. And when we sing this next song, when we get to that point that says, shout out to God with a voice of triumph and a voice of praise, I want you to just let it ring like there's no tomorrow. Would you stand with us now as we sing? I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins, and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdaws1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S the number one at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.